Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Ladies and gentlemen, broadcasting from beautiful South Bermondsey, this is Achtung Millwall. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to this special midweek edition, no less, of Achtung Millwall. My name is Nick Hart, and this show is unusual in that we're doing a midweek show this week devoted purely to the regeneration of the New Bermondsey area. Ouch, did I really just call it New Bermondsey? It is, of course, SE16 South Bermondsey at the moment, at least. Now, specifically, we're doing this show after last last week's gutty decision by the Lewisham Council Quislings on the Cabinet to vote against Millwall and in favour of Renewal, the offshore redevelopment company. Well, last night there was a remarkable turnaround, truly remarkable, and something of a surprise as the Lewisham Council Scrutiny Committee, not often a body of, um, of men who we get to speak about much on a, on a football podcast, but there we are. Last night, the Lewisham Council Scrutiny Committee totally turned the events around. Now, normally these are obviously dry uh, events drier than the Kalahari Desert, one almost say, but somewhat out of the blue, this group of councillors um, have considered the club's appeal and have sent it back to the cabinet to be reconsidered. So, fantastic news! Now, we've got two voices for you on this show today. First up, to describe last night's remarkable events in at Catford, is the Guardian's chief sports writer, no less, Barney Rone, friend of Millwall Football Club, friend of our show. And secondly, um, we're going to have a, a conversation with Mill's PR spokesperson, David Prescott, to discuss where this leaves Millwall and where it leaves the whole regeneration project for South Bermondsey. I hope you enjoy the show. Big welcome to the show to Barney Rone, Chief Sports Writer of The Guardian. Welcome to the show, Barney. Hi, thanks for having me on. Oh, thank you, mate. Um, I was now normally you're you're covering the um, the likes of the World Cup, the Olympics, and um, Champions League. But last night was it Catford Town Hall? You were you were you were spending your evening? Yeah, it was it was a it was a glamorous night down at the Town Hall <laughs> in the uh, in the Civic Suite there with um, with a real mixed bag of people. I can tell you, yeah, it was uh, it was uh, one of the more interesting uh, council scrutiny committee meetings you're likely to go to. Yeah, yeah, it's not often you can say that sentence either. Um, I mean, obviously the occasion was um, a scrutiny committee, as you just said, following last week's Lewisham Cabinet decision to back the the idea of um, the the compulsory purchase of a a few sections of Millwall Stadium land, which will enable this um, area-wide regeneration to take place under the auspices of a company called Renewal. 
Um, That's right. Yeah. I was interested that you, you you were live tweeting last night, which kind of uh, I, I'm <laughs> I knew this was happening, but I didn't know it was last night. So it, it, it suddenly dawned on me that you're live tweeting from the event itself, and it was a fascinating series of tweets. This this company renew. I mean, I, I don't know what your take on it, Barney, is, but the, the kind of unfolding story here looks like the ownership of of renewal itself, the offshore ownership of of this entity. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're right. It was a, it wasn't unexpectedly. Fascinating occasion. I've got to say, I, I didn't really know what to expect. Yeah, I, I got wind it was happening, and I thought I've got to be there because I've been covering this story, and it's something that's close to my own heart as a, as a local and, and as a fan. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I was surprised to find the, the civic suite there, you know, almost full. Uh, everyone was there who, who you might have expected to be there. Uh, the, the developers were there. Renewal. Uh, the club were there, uh, represented by uh, by their sort of their uh, their professionals. Yeah. Uh, the councillors were there, and uh, it was a full-on examination of that decision. And I have to say, the um, probably like most people are quite cynical about local government about how these things work. Yeah, I have to say that the councillors there, who were on this uh, scrutiny committee, did a brilliant job, and, and they actually picked it apart really well. I mean, there were things they couldn't say. They were, they were legally bound from actually speaking about some of the documents they'd seen, the Price Waterhouse Coopers. Uh, examination of, as you say, the, the ownership and the finances of renewal, they, they were not allowed to talk about. I have no idea why. I have no idea why our elected officials would not be allowed to talk about the uh, ownership of this company, which our, our public money and our public powers uh, are being used uh, for. But, but they, they were very good. They pulled it apart. And at the end, um, the decision was unanimous, apart from a couple of abstentions, to call this in again, which is, has got to come as a bit of a triumph for the club. Yeah, no, I, I, I think I, mean, I think one of your tweets said it was a fantastically well presented case uh, by Millwall Football Club, and you know, as, as fans, obviously we we you know we, we always uh, like to um, take the Mickey out of our own, but I think that's probably the first time that I think I've I've seen anything that spoke so well of the case presented by the club, which is fantastic to hear because to today it's been well, it feels like one way traffic, Barney, doesn't it? Well, yeah, it was um, David Prescott made the case uh, for the club. He's, he's he's working for the club on this, and he's been involved for years. And he was great. I mean, he put put every point you'd want to put. As he said, um, you know, when the cranes and the developers have gone, Mill will still be there yeah. and should be involved in this. It's not as though the club wants to stop this development. They want it to go ahead. They helped with the initial planning permission. What's happened since then is they've been completely shut out from the process. And... Uh, I mean, as we all know, I mean, every football club struggles to survive. Millwall has been a part of Bermondsey for, you know, for as long as anyone hundred odd years. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, the idea that this 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 um, this whole program could go ahead, run by a mysterious offshore private developer, and not involving the club that's right at the heart of the communities, is frankly absurd. And that a Labour council should be, in effect, backing that just adds to the mystery shall we say it certainly raises a, a load of questions i mean so we have to probably have to pick our way carefully through the minefield of these things um barney uh, <laughs> i'm just looking at a, a quote here from councillor alan hall this is one of the reports um i think it must have been one of the chaps on the on the committee last night talking yeah. about the, the viability of, of renewal i mean again something that came out of this which i hadn't fully appreciated was this company hasn't done this kind of thing before they've got no track record of on this scale anyway of area-wide regeneration and no that they, they were forced to admit that in public that they've never done anything on this scale that there's no track record of anything like this 
furthermore, it also came out that they, they don't actually have the money right now. The, um, <laughs> the council's own officers were forced to say, well, yeah, I, I'm not, I have to say that they, we haven't seen they've actually got the money to do it. I mean, I'll be careful what I say about this, but yeah. um, they also denied that they intend to just make a quick profit and sell the whole thing on. They, they, they said that's definitely not what they want to do, just to make that clear. Um, but it's hard. It's obviously hard not to fear that's what, what, what might be involved here. When, when you see someone who's never done this before, which appears to be a relatively small company, which is basically the reason they're involved in this is because they've been buying up land around the den since 2004. And, and they now own 80 properties in that area, which makes them you know, a player in this. Absolutely. Uh, and someone, someone that you have to negotiate with whether you want to or not. Uh, and that's essentially what this company, Renewal, are doing involved in all this. I mean, it's been a long-running saga. As you, as you, I know you've followed the story over the years yourself. Um, and we've had one or two colourful characters in the past at Mill, from De Savary, Peter De Savary, through to another chap on Isle of Man, bloke called Graham Ferguson Lacey. So we, we, we're kind of well used to there being what you might call um, traditional... Um, colourful characters involved, but it's, it's this offshore aspect that's that's a that's a new new part to it. The, I, and I hadn't absorbed this that you you physically don't know who it lies behind renewal. It could be anyone, literally, couldn't it? Well, it could be anyone. Although I have to say the um, the crosshairs of who it might be is a fairly sort of narrow thing. To be honest, I, I'm not going to say anything about this, but um, I, I would say keep. Keep reading, keep reading my newspaper over the next few days if, if you have any interest in this. There we are. <laughs> there are some some facts here which are in the public domain, yeah, but which aren't widely shared, and which I think should be certainly before the second uh, hearing of this CPO comes around. That should be out there because um, you know this is a public project with a club that's part of the community where you want as much openness as possible and things have to have to have to be seen to be squeaky clean Absolutely. as well as i've no doubt being squeaky clean behind all the mystery and the offshore and the identity of the owners i mean renewal were asked directly why are we not allowed to know who owns this company why when public money i mean a lot of public money is involved in this there's a there's a grant from the mayor. There's a grant from the treasury. This is this is our money and our statutory powers being used against our club. Yeah. So the, the question was put: why, why are we not allowed to know who's behind this? And uh, all that the, the developer could say was uh, they have a right to privacy. Um, <laughs> well, which, <laughs> really? <laughs> <laughs> it's a strange defence, isn't it? I mean, uh, yeah. You know. The other defence, which um, was even more intriguing, was that they live locally. They live locally. Uh, Yes, this was this was given as a defence. They live locally, so the implication there from the uh, developers is that right. these uh, local people um, yeah, yeah, have, have a right to be protected. Um, now you've stopped me in my tracks, there, Barney. I, I, I was picturing um, oligarchs and um, you know um, North Korean dictators or something, but. Um, Local, wow. I mean, it's, it's an inch. The, the story is has clearly got some way to go. Yeah, I mean, you you, you posted um, a number of funny tweets. As I'm a, I'm a fan of your your stuff, as you know. Um, but the, you know, as you said in one of them, I think there's, there's a there's a fishy smell to it. Referring to the um, the Zampa fish company, there is there is a fishy oh, yeah, smell. Yeah, poor of old Zampa fish. I mean, they, you know, this is a you know it's a good local company that employs people that's, that's profitable, which is being offered an amount of money that will basically shut it down. I mean, what? In what world is that? Is that something that the Lewisham Council wants to be involved in? I mean, never mind the local residents. There was another amusing moment where um, 
you know, the job of these developers is to put themselves across as very reasonable and nice and you know, lovely people. Yeah. Where, Absolutely. of course, they're just out for profit and nothing else. And yeah. that's why they exist. And uh, there, was a, there was a fine speech by Jordana Malik, who's the director yeah. of, um, of Renewal, about how she's full of empathy, how she... You know, people only said if they want to. Nobody's complained. Uh, <laughs> and it was put to her immediately. Now, what about the signs Renewal put up saying, sell now, the council is coming? Which, um, <laughs> you know, there's elderly residents there who've been sort of put into you know, terrible stress and ill health as a result of this. Uh, at which point he apologised and said, yes, oh yes, it was us who put those signs up. We really shouldn't have done that. I mean, you really have to wonder who you're dealing with. It's yeah. Addison Monday. Nobody's complained apart from the businesses. Businessmen are going to lose their um, their enterprises, yeah, the all, cafe. And all the people in the room here currently. The artist lady. Apart from, apart from them, yeah. <laughs> apart from that, it's all sweet and hunky-dory. Oh, now, this isn't the end of the story. I mean, this, this, is a, this is a major event in its own right. The scrutiny committee knocking it back. And it goes back to cabinet, I believe, as the as the next step. Um, I know leading into last week's decision that there's clearly a split in opinion on the council. Uh, the Labour group, I think, voted against the proposals as they're currently drawn up prior to last week's cabinet decision. Um, and I'm not I'm not expert enough to know on on how Lewisham Council functions from here. But it's got to be um, it's it's a blow to the to the, it's a blow to the scheme as it's currently drawn up, Barney. I would say, wouldn't you? Yeah, I mean. What's happened was, I mean, Millwall lost the initial cabinet meeting 6-1 on the votes. Yeah. Um, the only person who voted in the club's favour, uh, in, in all the residents' favour, uh, was the local councillor, Joe Dromey, who um, yeah. is from the New Cross Ward, who put a very good case as to why there was no public interest here. Been a real support, um, I know he's a Palace fan, just a supporter of, of the club in, in, in the situation it's in at the moment. Yeah, yeah. Fair he, play he to him as well. Take it, took it all on face value yeah. and said, this, this doesn't stack up. Yeah. Now, what happened last night was a whole load of facts that weren't available to that cabinet, so we're told, were put. Um, and it was a unanimous decision to say, hang on, we've got to call this back in. I mean, the, what, what, the concerns of the committee at the end were, I must say, I wasn't expecting this to come out there. I thought they'd, they'd go away, then they'd issue a decision. I was nodding off. It was incredibly <laughs> hot in this room. We've been there for two hours. I was thinking, God, I could do with a drink. And suddenly they started saying, right, well, what are we going to say then? And suddenly everyone perked up. Well, I certainly did. I thought, hey, well, no, don't, don't sneak out early. They're about to actually come up with a decision. And what they said was, we're worried there's, there's, the developers have no track record of doing a similar development. There's a very low amount of affordable housing and no social housing. Yeah. There's no public interest that we can see. It's got to be viable and deliverable. There's a massive reputational risk to the council. No public in it. Uh, no public interest. And this has got to be um, this has got to be looked at again. And it was unanimously passed. I mean, it's fascinating. So that's, that's pretty damning stuff, Barney. I mean, if if I was. If I was the officer picking this up and I had this kind of stuff all over the, my, the piece of paper in front of me, I wouldn't want my name to be attached to the decision in a way. You know, this no, is this is fairly strong stuff, isn't it? But they said explicitly the questioning of the cabinet was not robust enough. Wow. Um, which, you know, their job is to question robustly. Yeah. So they, um, I mean, what's effectively happening is Millwall lost the first leg 6-1. They've come back and won the second leg. Uh, five nil, and they're heading into the into the the replay uh, on a massive high. Um, I mean, it, it's it's hard to see exactly how how you can confirm a decision when those kind of doubts have been raised. Obviously, I'm not a local government specialist, no, although no. I've done some planning law in, in the long distant past. And this was a you know this was a complete rejection of that decision. I'm I'm presuming uh, that it goes back to cabinet, so it still leaves them with the option to say. Um, sod you all, we're going to carry on with this scheme come hell and high water. 
Um, and then I guess there must be some kind of recourse to an appeal at a higher level, the, the department for yeah. um, whatever it is now. It's not the environment anymore. It's whatever it's called now. Yeah, it's a very long name. I mean, yeah. What's happened is, um, I mean, the club have said, we don't want we don't want this to go on, but we will fight this all the way. Yeah. We think this is wrong. Um, and but they don't want that to happen. They want to be a partner in it. They want to say, look, let's do this regeneration, but let's do it properly. Let's split the profits with the council. Let's uh, have uh, low, lower density of housing. Let's make sure the club's interests are protected, the community trust is protected, and do it properly with, with the club at the centre of it. That's what we all want to happen. Absolutely. Now, it, 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 what, what happens at the next cabinet meeting, which is next week, is going to be fascinating because, uh, let's be quite clear, normally the mayor himself, uh, Sir Steve Bullock, yep. would be a major player in this, but he's not involved. He's been forced to excuse himself from the whole process. Now, the reason he's had to excuse himself is because he's had to declare an interest. He sits on the board of a company called Surrey Canal Sports Limited. I think that's the correct name. His fellow director is Jordana Malik, who's the director (laughs) of Renewal. Now, Surrey Sports Canal, just because it's a charity, it's listed as a charity, its job is to deliver, you know, sporting stuff in the area. area, It was was created by Renewal. It's a Renewal company. It's it's a sister company. The mayor sits on that board. It's it's registered address. It's the same address as Renewal, the developers who are are trying to compulsory purchase Millwall land with the council and the mayor's help. So he's excused himself from this with good reason. Yeah. But I'm, I'm afraid to a layman or to someone looking at this with a fresh pair of eyes, it's hard to understand how that can be possible for an elected official who's forced to make these kind of tough choices to, to have such a strong personal link. Uh, it's it's slightly baffling. I think I think it's probably the most um, legally friendly way we can put it, Barney. I think it's a baffling situation, that's for sure. Well, well just to be clear, we're not suggesting there's anything legal. No, no, no. But, um, you know, obviously he's declared his interest and he's stepped away. But let's also be clear, the mayor is elected here. There are are 21 councillors in in, in that Labour council. 20 of them are Labour. One of them is a Green. Um, The mayor is a hugely powerful person. He's he's in effect a kind of super mayor. Not every every, uh, council has a mayor with that many powers. He's a very powerful person, even though he's leaving next year. Uh, It's very hard to see how this can be, be seen to be uh, completely impartial. And, and just to be clear, the Millwall Club plans in, uh, apparently include more affordable housing on the, the site of the car park. Uh, they want to retain the community trust offices. The cafe will have a, and the Lions Centre will have facilities as well as artist workshops and some student accommodation. So these sound like plans that have a... They've got some coherence to them, Barney, and they've got some money behind them because John Barrelson has said his money sits behind it. So the Millwall plans are the clearest of, of, of the yeah. bunch. I mean, last night, one of the things that the uh, that Mill made very clear and, and the council were forced to kind of retract is, is one of the councillors, quite, quite bizarrely, took to well, took to Twitter to make a series of accusations yeah. about the club. Yeah. Um, and and one, of the, one of the unchallenged assertions during the previous cabinet meeting was that the club didn't have the money to do this. That's just completely, completely wrong. I mean, yeah. you know, Mill may not be a Premier League football club, but it's a serious going concern and it can raise a lot of money um you know clubs do these kind of developments all the time um and and obviously they're, they're backed by a chairman who's got a lot of money behind him as well it's very good for the club to do this there's every incentive and as they're going to still be in the communities every incentive to do it in a way that works um it, from the outside it's, it's it's impossible to see why the council wouldn't want to to include its biggest community asset millwall in in this scheme 
There, there it is. Are you are you going to the cabinet next week, Barney? Will you? Just, oh, yeah. just, do you fancy yeah. have a slice of Lewisham Council? <laughs> yeah, mate? yeah I'm, I'm addicted to it now. It's brilliant. <laughs> it's the best, best evening of entertainment I've been to for a long time. I mean, really, honestly, you had all sorts there. Willow Winston stood up and spoke brilliantly. She's the sculptress um, who, who lives. Yeah, in, uh, yeah, you know, lives right by the club, and he's been offered fifty eight thousand pounds for her, shocking, uh, her home. That doesn't even buy a garage around there, does it? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's worth over half a million. Oh. She's really suffered, and she stood up and spoke brilliantly. Um, I think she could have gone on all night, to be honest. I'm kind of glad she, she didn't. <laughs> but, um, you know, she, it, it's, a, it's a coalition of local people and the club um, who are all basically being you know, slightly shafted by this. And, and uh, they have my complete sympathy, and we're not going to let it drop. Um, Absolutely. You know, this is not over. Barney, I really appreciate your support. I appreciate you coming on the show. Um, listeners that don't know Barney Roney, he's on Twitter. It's at Barney Roney. That's B-A-R-N-E-Y-R-O-N-A-Y. Follow him. And it sounds like by The Guardian as well, Barney, doesn't it? It sounds like um, by your paper. Well, I'd, you know, if you have an interest in uh, in Millwall and in the, 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 some of the confusion around uh, some of the details here, uh, yeah, I'd keep an, eye on, keep an eye on our paper over the next few days because we're certainly going to be covering this in a bit more depth. That's fantastic. I really appreciate your time, Barney. I'll let you... Thanks a lot. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Let you get back to work, mate. Thank you. I appreciate it. Cheers. Bye. All the best. Bye-bye. Meine Damen und Herren. Achtung. Mühlweib. Big welcome to the show now to uh, the club's PR guru. I think, are you a PR guru, David? I don't know. That sounds like uh, <laughs> uh, it's probably above my pay grade there. Mate. David Prescott, welcome to the show, mate. Thanks for coming oh, on. Um, fantastic result last night at the Lewisham Scrutiny Paris. Not often you say that in a sentence, but it was a fantastic result for the club last night, I thought. I mean, 
typical Millwall, isn't it? You basically lose six <laughs> one uh, at a fixture about two weeks ago, and then come back and then win seven nil. It was um, um, yeah, it was an unexpected evening's proceedings. I, I, we were just took, uh, speaking off air. I, I must admit, I'd seen the story that the scrutiny panel were looking at it, but um, I wasn't aware it was going to take place last night. So there's a slight kind of air of surprise about the whole thing. Well, look, I mean. Overview scrutiny will always look at any decisions made by mayor and cabinet. So uh, we'd obviously approach them and ask them whether they would. So they, they were going to look at it anyway. But right. obviously we furnished them with the facts. We uh, sent over John Berrison's letter. And it gave us an opportunity to really just highlight what we felt was really unfair about the, the meeting that took place on the September 7th and the inaccuracies and misleading statements that were actually came out uh, because it was chaired by our good friend, Councillor Alan Smith. Yeah, um, who's been tweeting some odd things over the last um, week or two now. Um, it, it, it's been an odd an odd week, I must say, in many ways, David. Um, I mean, we, we, we mustn't get too carried away. I'm, I'm saying that as a Millwall fan, so it's in our blood to get too carried away at the, the first sign of success. Um, I'm a Hull City fan. <laughs> well, you know all about it, mate. Exactly. Um, so this is this is this is um, uh, basically the scrutiny committee are going to give this back to Lewisham cabinet uh, with the, the the kind of uh, message that it must be looked at again. There's, there's no guarantee they won't come up with the same vote on the second round, is there? Uh, no, but what was really interesting last night is we saw a level of scrutiny that we just never saw at the mayor and cabinet. Right. Uh, what we saw last night were I would almost describe as the old boys of Lewisham Council, right? Who've been there seen it, done it, and have known the history of how these events have developed over the years in Lewisham. And as a result, they knew exactly the right questions to ask. Right. And uh, as a result of certainly their legitimate inquiries and um, uh, questions of both Renewal, who was represented last night by Jordana Malik, and also of the council officers as well, they came to the view uh, uh, after pretty much two and a half hours right. of, of, of presentations by, obviously, Millwall as well, yeah. by Willow Winston, one of the residents affected by the CPOs, and, and Richard Pickering, who uh, runs the Millwall Cafe, right. that they decided unanimously, I think it was, it was seven, seven, uh, seven nil, but also like one abstention, and that, that guy just turned up about halfway through the meeting and basically didn't read all the papers, so that's why he didn't give a didn't give a view on it. That's, that's a decisive um, that's a decisive setback. It was, but what they did as well, which was really interesting, is they they said that uh, as as a message back to mayor and cabinet that they said they had uh, grave concerns on the viability, the deliverability the reputational risk of the scheme and also that the public interest test had not been met. And if you want a CPO, you must prove so that there's been reasonable endeavours taking place to meet that test, uh, to, to try and find a voluntary agreement, forgive me. Wow. And wow. also as well to ensure that, uh, that uh, you've done everything you can. To make to, to try and get those CP, to, to try and get agreement before that happens, and that it's in the public interest. Well, it was quite 
clear last night from the testimonies of the people who made it that that wasn't the case. Yeah. And uh, it's put back. I mean, that is, you know, that is a big slap in the face for the for, for the council, for the for the mayor and cabinet. Well, it would, it would go to the heart of the of, of the renewal linkage, David. I mean, I, you know, obviously, we, it's not for us as on, on our side to prejudge that. But those are damning words. Those are big words, aren't they? They're, they're not light. Um, they're not just making minor criticisms. They're going to the heart of the very thing. It strikes me. And it's not just the Millwall land that we're looking at. This is the whole project. Now, look, at the end of the day, we still want to and are prepared to deal with renewal. And we're still prepared to deal with Lewisham Council. And it is far better that we actually come to some deal and they allow us to develop our land. Rather, we go through a CPO process, which will involve a public inquiry and expect to appointed the inspector writing a report and a final decision mm. made by the, uh, uh, the Secretary of State for Communities and Local Government, Sajid Javid. Um, I think we could win it. Wow. I, I, actually, wow. and I never thought that before. I actually think we could stand a good chance of winning it now. There just seems to be a real momentum against this. Now, they could decide next Wednesday when, when they do have their next meeting there in Cabinet to push it through. But some interesting things happened. And this is with the subject of what we made. John Berylson did send a letter to all the members of the uh, Overview and Scrutiny Committee, right. basically wanting to highlight... Uh, what he felt and what we felt were the uh, the inaccuracies and misleading statements. I could go through many, many parts of it. It is, it is very detailed. But I think I'll just pick one point, uh, point out on it. Yeah, yeah. Um, when they appointed an independent assessor, this was a gentleman called David Ashworth from Strutton Parker. When he was appointed, uh, we were told uh, by, by Barry Quirk that, and the the delay, obviously, back in February, yeah. that you know we're trying to find an agreement. Let's let's get this independent consultant in there. Barry Quirk said the key thing for us was to appoint someone independent from us. So we appointed someone who is entirely independent, expert from Strutton Parker. Now, we were told so that this was really just to liaise and you know pass information back and forth. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. In fact, in an email dated the 18th of July, what actually happened was that CBRE, which are the Millwall's consultants on property, asked for information about Millwall's scheme. Uh, this was this was um, this was uh, Ashworth. He said that it was enabled to enable a transfer of information between renewal and Millwall. He explained, right. quote, I should make clear that Strutton Parker's role in this exercise is a conduit for information. Strutton Parker do not intend to review or engage in discussions on any information received, nor will any such information be dis disclosed to the council. Um, however, when the council published its CPO documents, it became clear that Strutton Parker had prepared a report on Millwall's plans right. and on the viability. So they've so, gone beyond their brief, if they've gone, Well, no, no, no. When you looked in the CPO report, it actually said, as part of their appointment, Strutton Parker were asked by the council to advise on the MFC proposals. So it's been slanted from the start, effectively. It was slanted from the start, yeah. And there were, then there were many ones that we can go just in terms of their... I think the other thing that we were very concerned about was, was the chairmanship of Alan Smith of that meeting. Obviously... Uh, we obviously highlighted it. It was highlighted before that Mayor Bullock couldn't do it because mm, obviously this conflict of interest. Yeah. Of the Surrey Canal Sports Foundation Trust with Jordana Malik from uh, Renewal. Yeah. So he's taken no part in the decision. But if you remember back in February, he actually accused on, twi on Twitter of Berylson of being a Republican, a right -wing American Republican, Republican <laughs> funding venture capitalist. <laughs> John's actually a registered Democrat. Indeed, indeed. And um, and. For someone to say that 
ahead of a meeting and taking part in a meeting that would decide CPOs back in February. Now, we sent in a letter, with count, um, the lawyers from Millwall sent in a letter highlighting this and saying that he should be excused from the meeting and, and not take part in the meeting. Now, as it was, Alan did not turn up to that meeting, no. uh, but the council didn't reply or, or acknowledge the actual um, letter. Now, when it came to the new CPO meeting on September the 7th, we did the same thing and said, we just want to remind you not to do it. And they sent a letter back confirming, no, he will be taking it. We do not see an excuse to do so. And then, obviously, we feel, and what we argue is during the course of the meeting, he was very much, you know, letting people say statements that were misleading, saying that one councillor said that um, Millward, uh, she doesn't understand it, Millward does not have the money to deliver on this. Mm. Well, Peter Garson standard up and said, we do have the money. Yeah. And he was basically told to quieten down by Smith. No, hang on. You know, you, it was quite clear in that meeting on September the 7th that we were not going to get a fair hearing. We did everything we could on that, but it was quite clear that that was the case. There was no scrutiny on it. It was being rushed, being rushed through. And we think a lot of that was down to the fact that Councillor Smith was chairing that meeting. Now, following that meeting, he then went to say that I went on Twitter and tweeted about 19 minutes past 12 mm. at night. In the early hours of the morning, to say that um, Millwall uh, don't pay UK tax. Well, I yeah, that was an astounding one. I saw that one. I mean, that was, yeah. don't pay tax to the UK. I mean, obviously, yeah. I think we tweeted out <laughs> to say, you know, he's paid millions. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, whether it's national insurance or um, or VAT over the last sort of like ten years. So we we, we cleared up on that point. He then he then went on to say that when someone was saying about how we helped save Lewisham A and E. Uh, he then said, well, you know, wearing T-shirts is fine, but, you know, the council yeah. took the judicial review. What he didn't realise or what he failed to actually acknowledge, which we tried to point out on Twitter because we've actually managed to screen grab the actual meeting he was at, where actually <laughs> that £12,000 was actually raised. Just the £12,000 and a few T-shirts. To save yeah. Lewis which actually helped to co-fund the judicial review, which actually was successful. So. What a bizarre sequence of events. Um, to those statements, Millwall's lawyers have actually sent in a formal uh, a letter of complaint to the Standards Committee of the Council to make right. sure to make sure that they deal with that internally okay. and uh, also to ensure that he doesn't sit on the next meeting with the uh, Mayor and Cabinet. And certainly chair it. The next round then would be back to cabinet. When would that take place, David? Did you have any time frame on when when the? It's, um, the... It's, in theory, it's next Wednesday. Next week. In theory, it's next Wednesday. I just think there was it was so damning that the judgments by the overview and scrutiny committee last night that uh, it just made me think that I really just couldn't see it. I mean, the panel chair, Councillor Alan Hall, said it was not in the public interest to have the CPO go ahead and it should be chucked out. He said it was a quite long meeting with Millwall residents and renewal having the chance to speak. In the end, what was concerning was the lack of transparency and the viability of renewal being able to deliver the scheme. Renewal have no track record in delivering regeneration projects. Affordable housing is low and social housing is non-existent. At the moment, the decision by the cabinet is not enforceable. Until they have another look, it will not be. Right. Uh, I mean, it, it really was. I mean, I, I actually quite fell. fell uh, <laughs> For your So the world has come tumbling down around the ears slightly, isn't it? Um, is there anything that you would uh, the defend our den campaign is looking for fans to do in this situation? Hang fire on it. Wait for this. I'd, to... hang, I'd hang fire because we really need to know so what's going to happen next. Look, right. I'm not. Gonna, I'm, I, I still think ultimately we can win this. 
Um, I still think they're going to still try and push it through. But I think we've actually determined, I think we've defined the debate on what this is, because this isn't just about a football club. No. This is about community. This is about a, a property company that has no experience of delivering a major regeneration project like this, whose parent companies are registered offshore. And in fact, if you look at this, like Richard Pickering spoke at the Millwall Cafe and was able to actually present and highlight the invoices he's getting because he basically pays rent to renewal now because right. he's got a 99-year lease on the Millwall Cafe. And, and the invoices come from the Isle of Man. <laughs> <laughs> it's... Uh, it's just like they're not even they're not even trying to cover the tracks on it. No. But the no. one thing is so which is really telling, and I think that really struck last night, is that there was a due diligence report that was done by uh, PwC into whether Renewal would be able to deliver it. Now, this club has been trying through a freelance journalist to actually get that released. Mm-hmm. Uh, they will not release it. They sent a very heavily redacted version when the information commissioner explained it to them. We are now appealing that. That goes to the information tribunal in November. And still, they have retained taxpayers' money to retain a QC to fight the release of that document. Last night, both Councillor Hall and Councillor Liam Curran said they had read the due diligence report from Cooper, but yes. they had to do it with a lawyer sitting next to them and they couldn't disclose publicly what they'd read. You couldn't that, make this stuff up, David, could you? That's right? It is, it that is. is. But Absolutely. they all, to, uh, they all voted 7-0. So, I mean, read into that what you... What. <laughs> Fantastic work by the club I, I read online. Barney Roney was tweeting, in the, he said that line specifically. So I want to say well done to Mill Football Club for... What sounds like a fantastic presentation last night. I know the game's not completely over, but some of this stuff sounds very, very heavyweight against the the renewal scheme as currently constituted, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I think you know everything. Everyone's played a great, great, great t- uh, role in this. You know, from 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 John uh, John Bellson and Andy Ambler with the, the presentations that they did to the councillors and the cabinet and to the chief executive when they came round to Millwall, they came round to then they came round to look at the MCT and saw the area through there and. Also with, uh, obviously, the Pete Garston and the original September the 7th meeting, we weren't going to win it. We knew we weren't really going uh, we to win it on the night. Um, and it really was just a case of just, you know, putting our case as best as possible. But it's looking about how we can actually appeal it and, and basically take it into extra time. And we've taken it into extra time again. It's uh, game, game on by the sounds of it. it. It still is. It's not over. I don't want to say, you know, it's. I think the analogy that someone like John Bellson mm. would say, it was a good win, but it's a long season. I just want to say, apart from obviously thanking, obviously, the local MPs and uh, and uh, the councillors who have supported us, including councillors yeah. who made the Indeed, comment, yeah, yeah, indeed. The, the national interests, the public interest at all, and the 26,000 people who signed the petition. I want to thank as well also the AMS and the other fans as well because I think it's very important now that we all come together and work together and turn this into a social movement. Yep. They're very similar to what Brighton did when they were going for farmer and also you could argue with Save Lucia May and E campaign as well. It needs to be more than just being, you know, just led by some PR guy or yeah. you know, a couple of other people as well or, or Peter. It needs to be wider than that now and I really hope it's so that... Uh, once we go over the next few days, uh, that we'll all be able to sort of meet up and, you know, really sort of move that on. Especially you, the new chief executive as well. Absolutely. Second that emotion, David. Fantastic, mate. I'm going to let you crack on, mate. 
Thanks so much, mate. Thanks for coming on the show. Really appreciate it. Cheers. David Prescott, thank you. You've been listening to Octoon Millwall, the CBL Magazine podcast. That's the Millwall News this week, and we are out of here. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. The secret to visibly firmer, summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil. Clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dull, dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Rich yet never greasy, Andaria Algae Body Oil is formulated with sustainably sourced seaweed to help replenish the skin's moisture barrier and seven nourishing active botanical oils for results you can see and feel all over. The best part? It's signature scent. A blend of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. This all-natural scent is unforgettable. Everything Osea makes is clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu dot com code GLOW.